What's up, Conroe? This is another edition of Nerd Thug Sports. That's right. You got Corey DLG, and with me, as always, is little brother Nico. That's me. Uh, you are hearing us one on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, make sure to check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd uh, Thug Radio or NerdThugRadio.com. Um, is that all of them? Did I get them all? Yeah. Also, go to the Patreon page where we have a T-shirt of the month club. Yep. And some extra special content. That's true. That's true. Some extended interviews. Listen We're going to have more stuff on there later. Listen to Nico sell stuff. We're turning you into like a real radio person. It's only I'm taken, a real radio man. It's only taken three years, but you are almost there, my man. Man, it's been three years. Yeah. By the way, this is your last show. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there it goes. HR was going to get with you, but... Uh, he's taking too many vacation days. He's uh, he's still on vacation. He's, he's not available today. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's I would fire you, but HR's been on vacation for three months, yeah, so we'll come back to that. He's working remote this week, so we'll get back to you. <laughs> We're going to mail that last check. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want this mailed or can I give it to you? Yeah, can, can I can I hand this to you? All right, man. So it's it, this is this is a great week for sports. That's the way it looks. Great week for sports. We are in the middle of the NBA basketball playoffs. We're in the middle of the NBA basketball. That's it. Yeah, there is basketball. Listen, as long as there's basketball, I'm happy. Uh, we are also the NHL playoffs are going on. I don't follow those as much, but there's been s- some like really controversial big moments. I don't know if we're gonna have time to get to it though. Because the draft is this week. Ooh. And that is... A little bit of an event. It's so funny how anytime the NFL schedules anything... It's immediately the most important thing on the planet. It really... Like, in the sports universe, it really covers, like... if Unless Conor McGregor fought Bruce Lee, like, it would be really hard for the NFL not to be the top story... Like, on any of their scheduled things. Right. The NBA has kind of gotten into it a little bit and sort of stolen a little bit of thunder. Um, but, like, yeah, like, this is the off season for the NFL, and the draft is one of the most important sport events of the year. Right. It's not even during the season. <laughs> right. And it's, it's... it's They're not going to play football for a long time. <laughs> no. No, they're not. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, we shouldn't say that because the... The voluntary workouts, which are like hard hand quote voluntary uh-huh. coaches, coaches remember who shows up for those. Let's put it that way. Those will start in about a month and a half for the new coaches. So you got right. you got like practice around the corner. Some practice. Some practice. I don't know. Say that to the baseball players. They've been practicing the past six months. Yeah, they never actually like. I think they get two weeks off and then they're back at it. I think they get like three days off if they I went d- to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, man. I if you could play any sport, um, but you're not going to have like a top-line career, seven years tops, but like middling play, middling level player, C plus, B minus. Like football, easy. Football? Yeah. Okay. I think I would do basketball. I think basketball is the most and all the contracts are guaranteed. I guess that's fair, but. Because, like, the football one, like, let's say year four, you sign, like, a $50 million contract and you play one year on it, you didn't get $50 million. You got, like, six. That's fair, actually. Now that you mention that, that's true. I forget that contract is guaranteed. Like, baseball is just, they just they play too many games. Yeah, they do. I agree with that. And the NBA 82 was a lot. 
but better the, than like a hundred and yeah, and the and the money is guaranteed, 62. and the money is good. The NBA players really have it better than I think any of the other leagues as far as well. They're like the most funds and all that. They're like the most refined league in a sense. Oh, um, like by comparison, like there's rules that exist in the NBA that don't in football. That's true. That's true. You're right about that. Like as far as like how they take care of the players and stuff. Right. That's true. Yeah, football's getting there with their lawsuits and all that. But yeah, but it takes lawsuits to get there. Right. Like the NBA right. was like, hey, we should try things to you know like improve everything. Well, but you're too young to remember this, and I don't think I've done it any justice by explaining. The NBA though has had some lockouts. Oh, I'm sure. And strikes, like, like, but they didn't have to go to court. That's actually not true. They did go to court on this recent lockout, on the most recent one. This is how the NBA owners are, are kind of shady. Remember how I've, always, how I've always explained how like the owners are the, the NBA owners may be the dumbest owners in sports, right? Um, and I mean, I'm what I mean by that is literally there are rules preventing them from trading away all of their assets like draft picks because of how inept the front offices and the owners become, right? And people like Isaiah Thomas will just ruin an organization for and the next ten years. Like the Knicks still are terrible. They're still terrible, and it's 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 ninety percent Isaiah Thomas's fault. Um, and so, <laughs> they're so shady, though, also, at the last lockout, leading up to it, there was something in the language of the bargaining contracts where, like, they could withhold 15% or 20% of salary, um, prov- like, if they thought, blah, 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 lockouts were going to happen, whatever, whatever, the owners internally said in public places or where it got recorded that they were glad they were holding the money because it meant the players wouldn't be able to hold out as long and they weren't negotiating in good faith. Oh. So when the lockout occurred, the players' union sued to get that money because that's what the money was set aside for. Right. And the owners were like, well, no, 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 no. You're in the middle of a lockout. We're not giving you anything. And the courts ruled because it came out that the, the owners negotiated in bad faith they had to do it. That they had to give the money back. Then, once all the players got all that extra, I mean, you're talking about, for some players, you're talking about a couple million dollars. And, listen, I hate to do, I hate to say it this way, but the NBA athletes are notoriously the worst for money management. Um, I've said it numerous times. There are sports writers who have commented that off the record, they know certain players who live paycheck to paycheck and make five to six figures a paycheck. Um... So big I, yikes! I promise you, when those players got that money, collective sighs of relief, and suddenly they could actually actively hold out and win a lockout. And so the owners, all of us, that's the, the NBA players' union wins every time because of that. Right. Um, but the the owners are really confident if they could ever get to the point where they could wait the players out, they would win. But the owners are so just inept <laughs> that they can never do it. They can never do it. Um. Uh, real quick, we'll try and summarize the plus because we got an interview on the show. We got Matt Schnell of UFC. He's going to be on the show here next segment. We're going to get him on, uh, and then beyond that, uh, we get, we got to talk about the draft. So we got we're running like time is a commodity, and I'm blowing it like at a strip club. Well, we still got like five minutes. So okay, good because we got to cover the whole playoffs right now. Ready, go. Oh, I thought you were ready. Houston won. <laughs> That's true. Houston did win. Uh, there were a lot of people who said that Utah Jazz was probably uh, the hardest matchup. Hardest matchup in the series, by the way. 4-1. 4-1. 4-1. That's um, a good feeling. That's a great feeling, and I think a lot. I think a little bit of that is people kind of underestimate. People didn't know what to expect from us in this playoffs because we've been injured all year, and last year in the playoffs, things went well for us, but people 
had talked themselves into believing this team was worse than last year. Does it really make sense in retrospect now? I mean, seeing the result, those people were clearly wrong. Right. But what they were saying at the time wasn't incorrect. Uh, we lost Mba Mute and Trevor Ariza, and those are two really, really good defenders. But we replaced them, and we got other guys, and other guys stepped up. Uh, Gerald Green, uh, I, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Austin Rivers has been a really good pickup for us. Uh, and I'm surprised I'm saying that because I don't have a lot of respect for Austin Rivers' game. Uh, I think a lot of why he's in the league has to do with the fact that his dad is Doc Rivers, who is a huge figure in the league now. Well, that'll help. It does. And also, he played for his dad for four years. Well, that'll help. That'll help a lot. <laughs> that'll help a lot. Hey, Dad, can I be on your team? Uh, sure, and, son. And, and maybe that's not fair. Maybe he earns his spots, and maybe he's doing a good job. But you can't help but... uh, You can't help but look at that and go, well, uh, well, well duh. Especially because Doc Rivers controlled the roster at that point, too. Right. Um, But so the, the the thing that has to be talked about, though, is the Portland Trailblazers. Oh. Dame Lillard, 37 feet out. Just sinks one in. Shooting an artillery shot into the basket. like, And the look on his face when he did it was just one of, like, just pure... He doesn't like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, there's no hiding that anymore. He clearly doesn't like them, and there's really nothing to be said about it. He has zero interest in in pretending. Um, he called it the last. He called it the last word in the in the argument. Like, he's over it. He's like, yeah, okay, that's it. We're done now. That was <laughs> the last we're word. Finished. And he's not wrong because Oklahoma City is going home for the second time uh, in a row in a row in the first round. Oof. Uh, so here's Oklahoma City's problem. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. Uh, $150 million projected payroll next year. All right. For a team that can't get out of the first round. Yep. For a team um, who will have $97 million tied up in four players. Ah, perfectly calculated. Uh, obviously, best planning and strategy has been achieved. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Paul George and Sam Adams make up most of that. And I don't I think it's I think it's Schroeder is the other part of that. And I don't like that's not helping things. Um they got a lot of money tied up just in four people. And so what so you're what you're telling me is that if one of them gets injured, like a sixth of their entire team is just gone, just evaporates. So, so basically the rest of the roster is is kids. Kids and waiver wire guys. Like because listen I wrote an article last year after the playoffs that Paul George should not re-sign. That for Oklahoma City, they would feel like they have to give him a max contract. And if they do that, I, I said Paul George would obviously take it. you got to remember, last year in Game 7, he scored zero points until there was about six minutes left in the fourth. Oh, no. So, oh, what's that? You want to pay me $140 million over four years? Yeah, I am I will take that money. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I'll score you at least two points right. in a playoff game. By the way, the only game where he really went off in this series was the, one, was the final one. Oh, no. Which they lost. Oh, no. And the bigger problem with him is uh, he has the shoulder problems this year. So he's in his 30s. He's already had a term, like a bad leg break one year, and now he's having shoulder issues. Russell Westbrook will be 31. Uh, how much longer is he going to be able to average triple doubles? Right. Um, 
by surrounding Russell Westbrook, by not surrounding him with a bunch of shooters and defenders, now they're kind of stuck. Because by giving Paul George that max deal that they did, by giving Sam Adams the money he got, he got almost max money. You needed to keep Sam Adams, and you wanted to keep Paul George. I get it. But now you've Some got... Some things aren't just aren't worth it. Well, that's the thing, is now you've got a team that, that that's not going to get out of the first round of the West. Oh. Oh no! And you're and you're deep. You're deep in it. Um, really, the only series that's still kind of up in the air: Denver and San Antonio on the west side. Um, I think that's going to go seven games, though. So, yeah, I think that's going to be seven. I think it's going to be San Antonio winning in seven. Uh, just because Denver's so young and inexperienced. But good job making it this far. That's true, and uh, we're building up. We're getting ready. I mean, eventually, it's going to be the Warriors and the Rockets. So that'll be that'll be fun. That's that's the second round matchup. That's not even the Western Conference Finals. Right. That's crazy. Uh, what also is crazy is we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we got Matt Schnell coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. All right, Conroe, with us right now is the dangerous Matt Schnell of UFC Flyweight Division. How you doing, Matt? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So for those who don't know, you've got kind of an interesting career path that I think is really kind of fascinating because you kind of blew up with UFC, I feel like. Um, you want to tell people a little bit about how you, how you started into the mixed martial arts scene? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got I've been doing this for ten years now. So I just started uh, from a little small town. Well, I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, I've, uh, I've been drunk there before. Town, yeah, yeah, town in North, and uh, uh, not not a big martial. I started there around ten years ago. Took my first fight, May, two thousand nine, and uh, ever since been fighting and been busy and yeah. Uh, Around 2016, I, I got my shot in the UFC, and I've been fighting in the UFC ever since. And now I'm ranked number 15 in the world uh, in the flyweight division, and I've won three three fights in a row. There you go. That's the big, that's the important thing, right? Like you're always as good as your last fight, right? And that's kind of how it goes. That's right. And when you've strung some together, you you're feeling real nice about things. I bet. I bet. Um, so for those who don't know your your particular history, you started out on, on MTV, correct? Yeah, yeah. I uh, So I had the opportunity to do a reality TV show. <clears throat> that was in uh, 2000 films. Uh, it's, it's called Caged, and yeah, that's kind of where I got my start. But I had been fighting for years before before they had come along. But I guess that's, uh, that's when I really kind of uh, introduced myself to the MMA uh, mainstream media, and that was really was that the first season of Cage? I didn't, they didn't do too many years of that, did they? No, there was only one season. Okay, yeah, okay. one and done. 
They, hey, they got the best guy though, right? So they 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 retired the, right. the jersey. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so you fight for seven years before you break into the UFC. What kind of walk through that experience? Because something we we like to emphasize here on Nerd Thug Radio in Nerd Thug Sports is kind of overnight success doesn't happen overnight. You got to grind your way through these things, and and the little guy can always make it if they if they try hard enough. Not to say you're a small guy because you can probably whip me, but uh, no, you can, I, I am a small guy. Well, you were flyweight. That's true, but you could still probably whip me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, that, that's interesting. That that because uh, that's one of my that's one of the main things I try to speak about often. You know, I I kind of come from a background where, uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily super encouraged early on in this, and nobody thought that, including myself, didn't think that this would ever amount to a career, or uh, me actually fighting me fighting as a professional, or much less me fighting in the UFC. So. Uh, I, I like to kind of I like to talk about that. And caged caged was a great experience, but it really put a bullseye on my back and it made it difficult for me early on in my professional career because uh, a lot of people were after me and I was getting every. So, you know, there was a time when I was three and two as a professional, and I didn't know uh, what I was going to do or how how I was going to end up putting it together. You know, and then I then I strung together a, a nice winning streak and ended up on the ultimate fighter and that's how I got my shot in the UFC. So it hasn't been a, uh, it hasn't been a straight line to success. Certainly not. It's been a tumultuous road and, uh, it's been pretty, pretty tough ups and downs, a lot of peaks and valleys, but I'm, I'm blessed. I have a, a wife who has been, been with me through my entire professional career and, uh, I've got good family and friends and coaches and yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a long road, but here we are. We're, we're at the table. There you go, and that's the exciting part. Um, now, not to take you too far off subject or try and get you in any sort of trouble, uh, there people like Ronda Rousey, uh, Conor McGregor, they kind of transition UFC into another career. Um, what sort of do you see other opportunities for yourself, or do you feel like it's kind of this is this is where you need to be? You know, I'm a <clears throat> I'm a martial artist, and I teach, and I train, and I. I will always have something to do within this sport. You know, I think uh, I, I enjoy coaching. I enjoy teaching. One day I'll probably own own my own gym. But, yeah, I, I also do commentary. I, I like to get my hands on whatever I can. I know that I right now I'm, I'm on a big stage, and if I play my cards correctly, I can set up potentially uh, lucrative deals for myself. So I'm certainly trying to put it out there and – I'm, I'm trying my hand, but I like to be good at things. You know, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to get my first shot at commentary on the UFC stage and have never been there before. So I'm kind of trying to play around with it in other places. I'm actually commentating a show in Shreveport, Louisiana, you know, Flow Combat, and uh, that's May 18th. Nice. So you're gonna get out there. and You're gonna get on the mic, huh? Yeah, gonna be on the mic a little bit. Got got some buddies fighting out there too. You know, seen that Freeport scene? That's the region I came from, obviously. So uh, Tony Kelly will be fighting. I'm sorry, it's May 17th. I said the 18th. Actually, May 17th. Nice, 17th. nice. And so, uh, so a lot of guys will they'll develop a team. You know, a background. Are you part of a team right now? Or are you thinking about kind of creating your own team as you go? I know you talked about owning your own gym at some point, maybe just now, daydreaming a little bit. Yeah, you know, I uh, I teach at uh, at Gracie Baja West Chase over on Fondren 
like on the corner of Fondren and Westheimer. Okay, and, okay. You know, Houston. And I, I teach over there, and I got, I've got a good little squad of guys, but I kind of travel around Houston. And when I do my training camps, I go out to Northern California, and I, I've done my <clears throat> I've done my last at Combat Sports Academy in Dublin. And I actually trained to American Kickboxing Academy in San Jose. So I kind of bounce between those two and put together a training camp uh, out there and allows me to hone in and, and get my hands on some different training partners and really uh, take it serious and, and put myself in a good spot. But I bounce here in Houston. There's, there's a bunch of places I hit and a bunch of guys that I train with. Now, when you're doing the training camps, like when you have a fight booked, how how far out from the fight date do you get into camp? Like, what's the what's the routine like? I like an eight-week. When we did six weeks, we, we had six weeks notice, so I put it together a little quicker, and it turned out just fine. You know, I I do this all the time. I train all the time. I'm always in pretty reasonable shape. I'm never too far from from getting myself uh, fight ready. So um, this last one was a little quicker, but I, I prefer I like eight weeks. Of getting so so if USC calls you and you got two months to get ready, you're you're you you would take any fight there. When, say it again. If UFC calls and gave you two months, you, you, you'd take any fight? Is there, like, do you want to jump weight oh, yeah. classes like some of these guys? Anybody. Anybody. Give me, give me, yeah, give me eight weeks to get ready. Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the short note. You know, they, they call me with short notice stuff, and it's good fights. It's like, man, you should have just put me in that fight. In the first with. place. Yeah, exactly. Great, you know, but uh, that, that's, it, it plays out that way, you know. Uh, my fights have been spaced apart here recently. Uh, three in a row—that's hard to do in the UFC. It is. It or not. No, I, I, you know, I don't follow a ton of it, but I, I definitely know that it's hard to do three in a row because, you, I also, I, I tell Nico this that there's enough fighters now, or or maybe too many fighters now, to where it's hard for you guys to get consistent booking. So like a loss really hurts the momentum. Oh, for sure, Ben. I mean. Losses in the UFC could mean you get cut too, so it's a it's a tough world out here. But it's brutal. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like to get I'd like to get out there more often. I think, uh, and I I've asked that and I've made that clear. And hopefully, hopefully we get some news sometime here soon. So we'll see what's happening. Ideally, for you, how many fights do you think you could do in a year? I'd like three. Three in a year is perfect for me. I think that's that's the sweet spot. I would do four. I would do five. I've done it before. I've done five in five months when we did cage, right? I mean, we fought a bunch of fights. So that's true. That's true. Those were, those were, those were amateur fights. They were a little different, but uh, I also did the ultimate fighter, you know, and so you've, you've been on two reality fighting shows then. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you are the like reality I mean, TV champion. I mean, some <laughs> might say, some might make a case for it. You know, I was also on Dana White's fight. His first episode, I sleep slapped a Brazilian in 19 seconds, oh. and they signed Sage Northcutt. So. <laughs> you, you don't sound bitter about that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm really happy. <laughs> turned now, out, it turned out the way it's supposed to. There you go. You got there eventually. Did you? When you got? Did you? Have you like? I don't. Uh, I'm gonna say it this way, and I don't mean it if it sounds negative. You're not quite like the top class. So, like when you signed with UFC, was Dana White there? Like, did you get a chance to talk to him, and did you remind him of some of those times? Nah, nah. 
Yeah, right. Ain't no, I doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you won three in a row. You're probably somewhere on a list he's got on his desk, I would say, at least. He might. My name has probably come across his desk at one point, but I doubt he could. He could a dang handful of other big balls, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got a couple minutes here on the way out. Kind of, you were talking about it very early on in this conversation, where at one point you were at three and two, and you weren't sure which way it was going to go. When you're early in a fight career like that, what what are you looking for, and how do you put it together to, to, to kind of convince yourself? Because because sports is is like ninety percent mental. I always say because you can watch an athlete just fall apart from a, a little mistake. So in the fight game, being three and two, how do you kind of what do you need to tell yourself? How do you kind of convince yourself that there's still uh, you're still within range of your goals? Yeah, I mean. I had to just get back in there and, and compete again. And, you know, I remember having a conversation with my, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. She's now my wife and uh, really understanding. And she, she's always been very supportive, but at, at one point, you know, you're three and two, that's pretty much 500. And none of my wins at that point were particularly impressive or anything. So I'm like, I had a great amateur career. You know, she, she saw a cage, obviously that's how, I met her, you know, she was one of the many and she stuck around. <laughs> so she was kind of in the corner convincing you, you, you kind of had to get back out there and try it. Now, let me ask you those two losses. Was that, I had, but I had to tell her like, like, yo, I, I promise, I swear I'm good at this. You know, <laughs> these are the only fights she's seen. I'm having to like promise her. And yeah, we, we went on a tear, you know, she believed in me. My next fight, uh, my fight, the, the fight that started my run, uh, nine second knockout. I came out through one punch and slept the kid. And oh like, yeah, man! I, okay, see, I told y'all I'm I'm good at this. <laughs> I promise <laughs> I know what I'm doing. That's got to be a good feeling yeah. when you when you go out and it all works. Uh, you know that's got to that's got to feel good. Of the of the two losses, was it anybody important? Like, like, or do you get to kind of tell somebody, hey, I got knocked out by him, or he beat me like a long time ago? No, uh, it was a decision, and you know, tough kids. Tough kids. Uh, I got decisioned by a guy that he fought like Henry Cejudo and gave him a tough fight. But he was just he was just a tough kid, and he just got me that night. You know, it was probably a little too much early on in my career. Uh, he was a hometown guy too, and it was it, it could have been you know if it was in my hometown, I probably would have won the fight. Let's put it that way. But okay. All right. All right. It didn't didn't happen. I lost uh, the second one. I got finished. Uh, in my hometown, kid oh. finished me, dropped me and finished me. But I did get to rematch him, and that I, I beat him for the legacy title. So I got to rematch him on down the road. I think I was 8-2 and two when I got to rematch him, and I, uh, yeah, I beat him. Or you, I was 9-2. and two. I won six in a row, got to fight for the legacy title, got to got to beat the guy that had beat me last. Yeah, oh, that's a good feeling. Him. Now, coming into that fight, I mean, I kind of know what your answer is going to be. Is there any sort of worry coming into that fight? We're like, man, this is the last guy who 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 took care of me. Like, is this the right fight? I mean, I know it was for the title, so you you got to go for it. But was there any sort of doubt in your mind as you start preparing? It was the first time I had rematched anybody, but I always believed. You know, you you lose, and you always want to think, yeah, but I can still get him. You know, I, I know on <laughs> I got this night, one. I could have gotten him. You know, and. I got to go out there and prove it. And from one night to the next, you know, the, the first time we fought, it was a good fight, and he caught me, and then he subbed me. Uh, but it was a it was a good fight. The second fight wasn't close. No offense to the kid, he's tough, he's good. 
but when I put it together, man, I can make I can make it look easy out there. And the second one wasn't even close. I dusted him, and uh, yeah, I any given night, it, it, you know, every night's a little different, and sometimes these guys get the better of you. But you know, you got to just uh, gather yourself and go face it again, and you know, who knows? Do you, Do you think that's true? Like in 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 fighting in general, like. You can have you can lose a fight that you really had no business losing. Like he just he has the perfect night and you just weren't ready for it. Oh, for sure, for sure. And then you know, peop, some people are better at competing than others. Like Henry Cejudo is the best competitor alive. You know, I've trained with the guy. He's good, but he's like the way he competes is better than the way that he performs on a day to day basis. That's interesting. And he's got a good work ethic and he's solid, but he's a great competitor. So yeah, any given night it can it can be different and. Oftentimes, like we don't even realize, a guy loses a fight, and everybody's like, "Oh, the, the guy that that lost sucks." But it's like, if those guys fight ten times, that guy might win six or seven of them. Who right, knows? right. But on this night, he lost. It's and and we're we're in there facing the best guys, the best guys there are, every single night, and it's it's small percentages, small tilts in either direction, and you know, any given night, yeah, any given night. I really like that. All right, Matt, thank you very much for your time. May 17th, you're going to be out there in Shreveport, Louisiana, and people can see you around town training at the various gyms. Do you have any other – do you know your next fight? Do you have Do you have a date set, circled yet? Hopefully getting a date soon. You know, if you all uh, follow Mick Maynard on the social media, go on and shoot him a Twitter message and let him know, like, hey, we want to see Matt Schnell fight here sometime soon. We'll, we'll let him know. And when you got something booked, are you going to come back on and tell us about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all got my contact info. We, we'll do it. All right. All right. That's Matt Dangerous Chanel, and we're going to get out of here. And when we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. RNA Sports at 3501 North Frazier has sports collectibles and memorabilia for wrestling, pop culture, and sports. Interested parties should definitely check out their Facebook page where they hold auctions and hang out all the time doing fun events and placing items up for people to see. They also sell sporting gear, sporting gear and sporting memorabilia. So interested people should go to RNA Sports at 3501 North Fraser in Conroe. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs> All right, Conroe, welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports on 104.5 and 106.1, the sister stations. Yep, yep. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And, of course, check out NerdThugRadio.com and Facebook.com backslash NerdThugRadio. That's where all the cool stuff happens. Check out the Patreon page where the T-shirt of the month club is. And um, I think that's all the goodies. Uh, That was Matt Schnell, man. Yeah. That was fun. We had a lot of fun with him. Yeah, super cool guy. Uh, I'm excited for him. I hope things continue to go well. Houston's own. It's it's. Um, I'll cop to it. I didn't realize coming into the interview that he lived in Houston. When, when we were talking to him off air before we got started, he mentioned that, and I was like, that's cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Um, that, but that is interesting. Uh, before we get too far into this, and I forget, Nico, why don't you tell everybody about Cox ATA? Uh, Cox ATA, uh, leader in ATA martial arts in uh, Texas. They got uh, two convenient locations, one in... Magnolia and one in Conroe. Uh, they got all kinds of classes. They got Taekwondo, obviously. They got Tai Chi, some self-defense. They got classes for all kinds of ages, from three, the tiny ones, 
to 93. You know, get some fitness, get your life right, Woosha. get some discipline. Uh, martial arts is really a great way to do that. It really is. It really um, is. Because uh, at Cox ATA, uh, wait, mentioned Earth Third Radio. How could I forget? Mentioned yeah. Earth Third Radio. Two whole free weeks Boom. of training. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a lot of time. It's a really great way to head start. It is. It is. Summer's coming up. Right, yeah. Gotta get that cardio up, look good in that bathing suit, learn how to kick a guy in the face. Right. Don't get the sand kicked in your face on the beach. Learn some self-defense. See? You don't know about those sand in the face ads, do you? No. That was 1970s stuff right there. Right. Like these little funny, like, comic, like, comic strips, and, like, like, the guy would kick sand in this little nerd guy's face, then he would go work out. They might have been like steroid ads. I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows like, anymore? Yeah. And the kid like comes back the night and he's like, "Oh, he's been lifting weights. Oh, I can't kick sand in his face anymore." Anyway, they leave a legacy. They do. <laughs> Cox ATA. Make sure you go out there. They're friends of the show. Um, so this weekend is also the draft. Tonight, the first round will air. Wow. Tonight there will be selections. Selection. Selections. Um, there's a lot going on. We're going to talk about it here over this segment and the next segment. A lot of intrigue and stuff. But what I want to do first is talk about the Texans. The Texans have some needs. Uh, we what, need, do we, what do we need? We need a lot of help on the offensive line, first yes. of all. Yes, um, we do. I we, could have told you that, and I don't even watch the Texans all that often. That's embarrassing, but you don't. Um, also, we've just dealt with a ton of injuries at wide receiver, like... Uh, Will Fuller went down with oh, a your, knee. Your boy. I love me some Will Fuller, man. Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson is one of the best combos in football. If you're if you're a, if you're a next level stats guy, when they're on the field together, um, I think it was something along the lines of Will Fuller had eight touchdowns in nine games, uh, and they were all long balls from Deshaun Watson. Like Fuller and Watson is the combo. Uh, unfortunately, the two of them haven't been able to stay healthy together on the field. <laughs> and that's they're fantastic together. Too bad they'll never be together. <laughs> and that well, like okay, in the playoffs, the Philadelphia 76ers, they're starting five because they built that team through trades during the season. That starting five lineup has only played ten games together before the playoffs. Oh, nice. So you know the Texans have some pieces that work. However, they can't stay healthy. Um, so Deshaun Watson played all sixteen games, so that was a good thing. He he looks way better. Um, but Will Fuller went down hurt this time. Will Fuller also was hurt uh, coming into the year, too, if I remember right, with a collarbone. Oh, yeah. So he had two injuries this year. Um, and if he comes back, you know, hopefully he still is fast and can do what he needs to do, which is just blaze down the sidelines, which is his skill set. But we need, we just need more receivers. We need tight ends. Also, our defense is starting to get old, and we are vulnerable at cornerback. And... With the franchise tag on Clowney, we've got one more year of this J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney combo. But Whitney Merciless had a really quiet year last year. Um, so we need to start looking at getting edge pass rushers as well. Um, and the, the problem is the league has shifted to such a way where pass rushers get a premium. If we don't take one by the second, we have two picks in the second round. If we don't, have, if we don't get a pass rusher by the second round, I don't know that there will be a, a quality starting pass rusher that we could use and rotate in left in the draft because mm. they, they're they an important thing now. Right. Uh, with everybody going to these spread offenses, you got to have guys who can line up one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, beat their matchup, and get to the quarterback in less than four seconds. It's a relevant game plan in the meta game of football. It really is. The quarterback takes three steps, and somebody's open, and he throws it. So if you're not back there harassing him, 
in those three steps, there's a lot of plays that you're you going to be you're you irrelevant. Stop. There's no point. There's no, you might as well just not be on the field. So we got to get those pass rushers. Um, ah, there, it's projected that we're going to take a tackle in the first round, and we pick eighth. I almost there's enough. There's not as many people looking to take a tackle as there are looking to do other stuff in this draft. If we could move back six to ten spots somewhere and pick up more picks, I think we'll be all right. I think I think we should do it. I, I, we might get a lower quality offensive lineman, but I think we should do it simply for the fact that we. I think there's a lot of needs on this team. We we wound up looking okay for the season. But I think there's a lot. There's a lot of improvement. There's a room there. There's a lot of room for improvement. But I don't. I, I'm just. I'm a little. I'm a little worried about this team. I think is going to get old in front of our eyes very quickly on the defensive side of the ball if we don't do things about it right now. Yeah. Um. This is this is how good franchises stay relevant. And like, yeah, a playoff berth last year with Deshaun Watson was great. But if we don't handle the draft correctly, then we go the wrong direction with that. Right, and that's always one thing that you've had a critique about uh, Houston is that we are we are not the best draft pickers. We're not like we do, you know. And you're right. And this is a this is a new general manager, new regime picking. Um, but you're right. I have I, listen. I, there are teams in the league who get the first round pick wrong, which we almost never do. Now, we did cut Kevin Johnson. We did just kind of give up on him. He was a first-round pick a few years ago. But we typically get the first-round pick right, which means we're not a bottom-of-the-league franchise because they bring in guys who don't even contribute, and that's how you screw up real bad. But middle of the draft where where you build a team, because on a 55-man roster, you turn over a third of it every year, and with salary cap stuff, people always try to go younger, 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 younger. So you bring in 7 to 10 rookies every year. And right. if you don't get contributions out of six or seven of them, yeah, you you fall behind. Um, That's how you lose your relevancy. That is how you, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the Indianapolis Colts and the Jaguars looking so good, the Jaguars got aggressive and went and got a quarterback. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the right guy. I don't think. I don't think Nick Foles is going to be our problem. I don't think he's going to bother us. You don't think so? No, I really don't. Um, but he's been good for Philadelphia, and that's why they got him, and that's why they paid him, and I understand that. But I, I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't think it matters. I really don't. That's fair. Um, but we are worried. I am worried about the Colts. I think Andrew Luck is magic, and as long as he plays good, it almost doesn't matter who's around him on offense. And that's right. our problem: is we need, we need to surround Deshaun Watson with good people. Uh, before we get out of here, can you tell our friends about RNA Sports? Thirty-five hundred one. North Fraser Street. There it is. I remembered. I like uh, it. One of the three addresses I know in my life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they got uh, they got all kinds of sports memorabilia, uh, some sporting goods, some softball stuff that you can pick up there as well. Um, they got all kinds of neat stuff. All of anything, basically anything signed, you can get it there. That's true. All the sports, all, all, all and pop culture. They they do a lot of pop culture signing stuff too. Um, it's a really great environment. Uh. The their Facebook page is where like they're like super pimped out. They got all they they're very engaged. They're doing all kinds of like raffles, auctions. Uh, they do like live uh, live auctions as well, which yeah. is really cool. It's a lot of fun if you're following them on Facebook. He does all kinds of. He'll open like card packs and auction all stuff right there on the spot. He'll do auctions all the time. He'll be like, hey, this jersey by the end of the day auction, blah blah blah. 
And so I really, really enjoy that. Uh, he's really He does a good job engaging his community and building an active community, and you should really want to be a part of that because there's some great opportunities on there. They do some raffles where for $10 you can wind up winning a signed jersey. Uh, which is absolutely insane. Mention Earth Dark Radio, get 20% off a ticketed item. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, head down to uh, Arden A Sports. At 3501 North Frasia. All right, we're going to jump out of here, and when we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd All right, Conroe, welcome back to the very last segment of uh, Nerd Thug Sports. Uh, yeah, this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Man, it's been a pretty good show so far. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Had a fun interview, talking about the draft. All right, and then we talked a little bit of NBA playoffs. A little bit, a little bit of playoffs. I'd like to talk more. We'll probably talk more next week, though. Uh, we'll probably also try and like, grade the draft and stuff like that. Um... So, th- this draft is interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are either going to trend upwards or trend downwards. And we'll know more about that starting tonight at the draft. Um, they hired Cliff Kingsbury to be their coach, who just got fired from Texas Tech for losing. Yep. Always a good sign. I'm not sure that it was the right hire, but he's young. He runs one of these up-tempo, spread, aggressive offenses. Uh, and I, th- I, th- I think Arizona just kind of got in love. He also, at one point, was on a, I think, was like on the staff or is similar to the coach of the Rams, who everyone now is just like trying to copy him because the Rams have just had massive turnaround success here in, in two years. Uh, they went from being awful with Jeff Fisher to being, uh, you know, in the playoffs, uh, Super Bowl. So, you know, it's relevant. It's relevant. Um, I don't think it was the right hire. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be an NFL coach for a really long time. I think it's going to be a very short period of time. Uh, but past that, um, I, I also, I, they don't know what they're going to do with quarterback. So last year they oh no <laughs> last year they took a quarterback top ten Josh Rosen and now Cliff Kingsbury is there and they had the number one pick in the draft and Kyler Murray is the mathematic best I mean he had an amazing biggest, college season biggest science season in the universe so all fair today I was telling you about John Elway yeah the thirty for thirty special about the draft where they talked about John Elway. And they kind of mention how John Elway changed a lot of things. He was just physically better than most prospects. Now, the difference between John Elway and Kyler Murray is size. Kyler Murray is undersized. But it was it's a very similar story where the Yankees drafted, uh, drafted John Elway 
and were ready to pay him good money to play baseball. Kyler Murray has a similar situation with the Oakland Athletics. One thing I forgot to tell you in that story, when John Elway got drafted by the Yankees, he went out and did spring training with them before the draft happened. Um, when he left, when spring training was was over, he led in every offensive stat for the Yankees that, that spring training. So the oh scout gosh. that they were interviewing on the 30 for 30 was like, he probably would have been like the greatest, like one of the best baseball players ever, one of the best Yankees ever. He literally could have chosen either sport. Uh, Kyler Murray is not that level, but it's similar in the sense that he could go play for Oakland. He could go play baseball for the Oakland Athletics right now. Um, he's got choices to make, though. And so um, it looks like Arizona's going to take him. It just seems that way. New coaches usually get new quarterbacks. That that That's always been the case. Um, that usually is the case, I should say. Occasionally it's not, but it's it generally is the case. If you're Cliff Kingsbury, you don't want to be judged on someone else's quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. You want to pick your own guy and be like, this is this is the guy that defines my system. Um, so that being said, they might take a quarterback for the second year in a row with a high pick. If they do that, what they do with Josh Rosen says a lot about their future. If they trade him, what they get in return for him and who they send him to will say will say a lot about them as a franchise. Are they going to be smart about this? Are they going to be silly about it? If all they get is a second-round pick for Josh Rosen, I don't know that it's the right move. Right. I don't know that it is. And another team that I think they're going to be trending downwards, but people are probably excited for, is Oakland. Oakland has three first-round picks. That's pretty good. And they traded for uh, Antonio Brown, and they didn't give up any of the three first-round picks. Which is really solid. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how they negotiated a deal like that. Well, it's interesting because Odell Beckham went for a first and a third to Cleveland. Um, Ooh. By the way, yeah, who by the way look great right now on paper, and their draft is going to be important for them. They're about if they do a well, a good job on the draft, they'll be a very young, very competitive, very good team. I think, which is something you wouldn't have said ever about the Browns. As a matter of fact, they also have uh, Kareem Hunt, the who was the number one running back for in the league when he got cut by the Chiefs for kicking a girl. Uh, not the best track record. No, but when the suspension's up, he'll um. He'll be there. <laughs> He'll be there for, like, I think the last six games, the last ten games, one of the two. They've got a really impressive roster, and this draft can make it even better. But the Oakland Raiders, that's not necessarily the same issue. The Oakland Raiders have some troubles, um, I think, because they have a quarterback who's in the middle of a $100 million contract who a lot of people said is the guy, but the problem is... John Gruden grinds up quarterbacks like nobody's, but he goes through quarterbacks. He once famously got mad at a quarterback because the quarterback was left-handed. Wow. And John Gruden got mad that he had to flip all his plays and reverse all his calls. I don't like doing that. That's complicated. Can't you just throw with your other hand? Right. I don't know if he specifically said that, but he definitely got onto a quarterback for being left-handed. Um, so it's just hard. It, I'm just not sure what they're going to do. If they do the wrong thing which to me the wrong thing is taking a quarterback with one of those first two of the three picks. Like, listen, if by the third pick there's still a really high-rated quarterback and you're like, hey, Derek Carr gets hurt a lot. Maybe we need to do something else. Okay, fine. I trust you. Well, no, I don't trust you, but okay, fine. I, I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> right. 
But if your first of those picks is a quarterback, that's one less playmaker you're putting on the field unless you're getting rid of Derek Carr. Right. Now, if Derek Carr goes into trades, if Josh Rosen and Derek Carr go in trades, again, what you get in return says what you accomplished. Uh, Derek Carr having years on a contract, but it's a good-sized contract, but he's an accomplished quarterback. I don't know, maybe maybe like three picks, somewhere between the first and the fourth or first and the fifth round. I could see some kind of trade like that. Um, For Josh Rosen, I think it's probably only going to be one or two picks, but they can't. If all you get is a second rounder, it's not. I don't think it's worth it. Uh, so there's going to be some... The draft this tonight is going to be an important night for a couple franchises. It's going to tell some stories. Uh, and we're, we're running out of time here, so before we get out of here, we're going to tell you about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. It's open right now on 1488, and they're at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. It's that business park right there, and it's it's starting to fill out. There's starting to be a lot of stuff there, so make sure you come swing by. they got comics, games, and everything nerd-related, and they are the one-stop nerd shop. Uh, every Saturday they have Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. They rotate. Check their Facebook page. They also do a lot of different events like cosplay crafting. Uh, this week they're doing a parents' night out. Uh, they also do like different uh, art events and stuff like that, and they do Tuesday night trivia. You really need to be checking their Facebook page. they got stuff going on, and for still a limited time, 10% off on pull boxes. That's a great deal. It's a great deal. For still a limited time, 10% off on the pull boxes. You do have to take care of your box every month. You can't just let it languish and have them hold all your books for you forever. you got to be getting your stuff out of there. But as long as you're doing that, you're going to get 10% off. That's, that's awesome. Um, make sure you get out there to the Adventure Begins right there on 1488. It is the Nerdvana you deserve where the adventure begins. All that being said, man, it's another edition of Nerd Talk Sports in the can. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Big shout-out to Matt Danger Schnell. Uh, make sure to check out the Facebook page. We The podcast will post at 6.01 p.m. Go to patreon.com backslash nerdthugradio to join the T-Shirt of the Month Club. Come hang out with us uh, pretty much everywhere. We're pretty busy, but we post on the Facebook page what we're up to. This has been Nerd Thug Sports.